Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 82 of Speak On It. I am your host, Danny Ocean, as always, joined by the smoothest man on the planet, Losty Mix. How was your Thanksgiving? This is the first episode since Thanksgiving. Oh man, Thanksgiving was awesome. I was in the I was in the kitchen. I was actually throwing down for the first time, and some things went incredible. I was able to make a little something, something, man. I was just blessed to be able to see another Thanksgiving. How was your How was your holiday, my brother? It was great. I was in in my family now. I have earned the right to be the the gatekeeper for the turkey. I make the turkey every year, so mm. made the turkey this year. Came out really well. Proud of myself. Uh, my nephew, who is seven years old, who is extremely honest, he said last year your turkey was mid to thumbs down. He was oh, like, this year, yeah, he was like oh. this year. <laughs> Yo, <It> is... <laughs> why are kids so mean? I don't know. I don't think they understand the power of words. They do because if you say something mean to them, they start crying. But when they say things to adults, they think it's funny or they think they're yeah. But he said this year it was a thumbs up. So I feel like I should retire, hang my jersey in the Raptors like Thanos. Like okay, but did he say? But did he give this feedback last year? So last year when I when I smoked it, it came out. And he was like, the turkey looks burnt. And I was like, but it's not. Like, that's what it's supposed to look like. And he ate it. And he was like, yeah, this is good. So I don't know, like, if he's just trying to crack a joke on me. I just know he's getting closer to the age where I can stay, say stuff back to him that isn't wrapped in love. Like, I can, like, once he gets, like, 11 or 12, and if he's still talking like that, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a wrap. Does, does he give off more like future Hooper vibes? Like you take him maybe to the driveway, show him up, or do you think he gives off maybe future receiver vibes? Now you got to go put him out on the route and see what he really about. He he's more of a genius. Like he is really really smart. Like especially for someone hit. Like he is like really. Like I know people say, oh, he's smart. No, he is like smart. Mm. Like he teaches me stuff, and I'm in my thirties. So it's kind of like a, like like I'm smarter than you, and he probably is. But so D, let's do some housekeeping stuff, and then we can go Talk about what we're talking about tonight. As always, the show is brought to you by GoingForTwo.com. The playoffs are two to three weeks away, depending on how many people are in your league, depending on your format. I'm sure the trade deadline has passed in all your leagues, but you can still pick up players, get on that waiver wire. Get the player that's going to secure you the championship. Get your money back. Get the championship belt. As long as you don't have to do what the loser has to do. I know some of these leagues have some wild things that losers have to do. I'm glad I don't do any of that. I don't participate in those leagues. But again, head over to goingfortwo.com for all your fantasy needs. D, tonight we are going to be talking week 12 in the NFL, including the New York Jets, hence the name. Um, We're going to talk about the Eagles and Packers. They played on Sunday night. We're going to talk college football. The rankings were just released before we went on air and our thoughts, uh, our usual quick hitters. And always, we're going to end the show with our with your commissioner notes, our fantasy chat. And then oh, plenty to talk we, about fantasy chat. We need to talk about you and I faced each other this week. Um, we have a lot to do. So let's jump right in. Talk about um, 
uh, week 12 in the NFL has wrapped up, and we had a surprisingly a pretty decent slate of Thanksgiving games. I was a little bit surprised, pleasantly surprised. That Giants-Cowboys game was the only game I was looking forward to, but that Bills-Lions game is also really interesting. Uh, then on Sunday, we saw the Chargers finally reverse. I'm not, I'm not saying the curse has been reversed, but they did the thing that the Chargers don't do, and they, they pulled out a win. They yeah, they unchargers. Yeah. And they pulled out a win in the fourth quarter. The Jets' offense looked competent. Mike White, who would have thought? Um, Philly ran all over the Packers on Sunday night. Uh, the Bengals, a very impressive win in Tennessee. They actually shut Derrick Henry down. They go into Tennessee. They get a win. And the Browns beat Tom Brady in Cleveland in overtime. D last three Deshaun Watson game. Yes, Deshaun is back this week in Houston. But D, outside of that, what are your two biggest takeaways from this past week of NFL football? Oh, man. Um, I would say uh, Cincinnati is really, really impressive. I think what they're doing, I think they're really starting to figure it out. I think they're starting to get some of that chemistry they had towards the end of the regular season last year. Um, and obviously we saw in the postseason. I think once they get Jamar Chase back, really started getting him, you know, kind of integral uh, back into the integrated back into the offense. I mean, you're talking about a Cincinnati team that could be highly, highly competitive. And, you know, I think they're going to be I don't think they've played Baltimore yet. So I think, uh, you know, those two Baltimore games are going to be important on who has you know, home field advantage uh, and they would host the playoff game. I think Cincinnati being able to host the playoff game would be huge. Uh, just like they were able to last year, maybe uh, pretty big. So obviously this game this week with the uh, versus the chiefs is going to be one. Everyone has their eyes on rematch of the AFC championship game. So that's a, that's a big takeaway. Uh, and then my second one. Um, <clears throat> okay. Chargers. I was wrong. I thought y'all were going to pack it up after the Chiefs loss. I said, I think I said last week, usually after both uh, Chiefs games, the Chargers start packing it in for the season. Um, hey, I was wrong. They they were really, really impressive. Uh, really gutsy call. I think they're in the fourth quarter. You obviously see that, you know, your offense is starting to find some rhythm. Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert are obviously starting to find that chemistry again. Hey, man, you, they must have been watching the Jags earlier. They had to have been watching the Jags earlier. Uh, Jaguars obviously went for two, pulled one out versus the Ravens at home. And so Chargers said, bump it, why not, versus the Cardinals, which coincidentally enough, which is also part of my takeaway, I also started the in-season hard knocks of the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, how is it? Um, eh, I mean, they're, they're keeping it mad. You definitely see them not going they're, they're keeping it more top level with their storylines obviously keeping it about the team the record each week their opponent versus you know versus the preseason they, you know they dive deep into players and those type of storylines i think obviously it's a little bit harder to do that uh you know when you know 53 men roster people aren't getting cut so you got to focus on more of the in season uh, you know just some nuances but man the cardinals you could see in the hard knocks that they they have a sense of urgency of what they're trying to do. They obviously recognize that their season's slipping away, and I think um, I think I think when it's when the season started, they were like three and five, three and four, mm-hmm. uh, not three and five, and right now they're what four and seven, four and eight, yeah, something like that. I'm sitting there like, oh man, nothing's really changed in these. 
couple weeks, but you're just seeing you're seeing how a lot of what we know and what we're saying about the Cardinals and need to pick it up. They kind of know internally. It's just man, ebbs and flows of the games. It's just it's unfortunate, man. It's just the Cardinals are sort of like my my fantasy football team in 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 the redraft league. I mean, you're just there every week, but it's just you just the other team just makes plays and you're just kind of like okay what about you what say you what are your biggest takeaways um the first one and this is a thanksgiving game the buffalo bills might be in a little bit of trouble it took a herculean effort to beat the detroit Lions, but we won't read too much into it the bills had to play sunday the thursday games are a hard turnaround especially when you're traveling so we're not going to go ape shit on the bills just yet uh my second one the Washington Commanders. Oh, man. Wow. And that, that's two levels of wow. Wow, you actually call that a Sean Taylor tribute. And wow, <laughs> you are actually, there is a an opportunity. There is a chance that all four NFC East teams make the playoffs. It is absolutely insane. At the beginning of the year, I think we both agreed that the NFC East was one of the weakest divisions in football. And now Washington, they're on a bit of a roll. Um, it's semi exciting to know that the NFC East is finally getting the respect that we deserve as being one of the best divisions in football. So I'm glad it's starting to reflect on the field. And then, well, I'm let's just—I'm, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta just say that as an outsider, I can say that it's finally good to see all these draft picks, these early draft picks that, that was being pumped into this division because of the mediocrity, finally deciding to really show up. And now you have four competitive football teams. It's a beautiful thing. It's not just us in Dallas. And then this is going to bleed into the next question, but the Denver Broncos really got on the plane and flew across country and got their ass kicked by the Carolina Panthers and Sam Donald. Man, look, I, look, <laughs> look, <I'm, laughs> like you talk about a get right game. This was supposed to be it. Like you're playing the Panthers. <laughs> okay. okay. So people we're talking about the most embarrassing loss of the week. I think we're both, in agreement here that it was easily the Denver Broncos. I'm laughing because I keep having the image of the one defensive player coming off the field yelling at Russell Wilson. And I heard, I saw this tweet that where someone said, Broncos country, let's ride. That's what Russ said. Dude was like, go ride to the end zone. Dog, I... And this is coming from a guy who was a fan of Russell Wilson. Like I, I was a, I am a fan of Russell Wilson. Dog, that that graph I told you about about the number of touchdown passes he's thrown compared to the number of toilets he has in his home, he's one away. I also read a tweet that Carson Wentz has more touchdown passes than Russell Carson ain't plays in six weeks. He does. That that's that is true. That's that is true. Listen, um. Pete Carroll is just somewhere smiling, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know Pete Carroll. Let me ask you a question. Does someone on the Broncos roster put their hands on Russell Wilson in the locker room? <laughs> I'm not talking about, like, punch him. 
I'm talking about like a light shove, like maybe walk by him and bump shoulders. Like this Patrick Sertan, like just walk by Russ and like just like just checks him one time in his chest. See, when you asked that question, the first picture that came to my head was Cam Newton and Josh Norman. Yes. <laughs> and, and I just see like some defensive lineman just grabbing them. I mean, like, you gotta score a point. Man, that's not happening, man. That's that's not happening. Nah, the that's best the defense in the league. That's the quarterback, man. You don't put hands on the quarterback. I do think uh I did read somewhere that uh if the Broncos decide to cut Russell Wilson, they'd be saving like thirty or forty million in, in cap space. And I was like, hmm, would they hmm like what do you do? But the if you're the Broncos, you know you're picking early. Do you what do they what if they actually have to consider drafting said quarterback? Well, they don't have any picks. They gave him to Seattle. Oh man. So yeah. So if they cut Russ this year, the dead cap is a hundred and seven million dollars. No, he got to go out there and start. Yeah, he got he got to do it at least one more year. Like you could say, this is a mulligan. He got he got to do it one more year. Because you can't fire the head coach after year one. They might fire him after halfway through year two. Oh no, they'll fire him this offseason. No, that's a done. Nathaniel Hackett is out of there. He gone. If you notice, when that offensive lineman is yelling at Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett is standing in front of them, acting like he can't hear anything. That's the kind of shit they get you fired. Anyone want it? Find that clip on Twitter. He walks by Nathaniel Hackett and he shouts. If Nathaniel Hackett was to get fired, that he would come back to Green Bay and be the offensive coordinator. Um, if Jordan Love is starting, sure. I don't know if he'd come back to Aaron. Well, they, I mean, they, they just won two back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, I mean, he'd go somewhere and be an offensive coordinator. I, I This is hard, right? Because someone's going to have to be the scapegoat. It's usually the coach. But anyone with two eyes can see that Russell Wilson is just, like, he's cooked. As of right now, he's cooked. I don't know if he gets better. but man. He's a, You're saying he's a cooked product? I think he's cooked right. Like Aaron Rodgers looks cooked, but Aaron Rodgers is hurt. So Aaron Rodgers gets a pass. He was a little banged up. Man, you know what would what, what really upset me about this team is that the, what, what came into the year everyone thought being a strength in their defense is, is such a terrible weakness. The offense has really started to pick it up over the last three or four weeks. Like they're starting You're talking to really- about the Packers, right? Yeah, the Packers offensively are starting to figure it out over the last three or yes. four weeks. The the defense is bad, which is so which is so confusing because we paid a lot of good defensive players, and a lot of these same players came back from last year. Where we had a decent defense. So, um, was the loss of Darius Smith really that big? Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I just know y'all faking injuries on Sunday night, and I did not appreciate that. All them dudes is catching cramps in 40-degree weather. How does that work? Yeah, it's because they they need a little bit more water. It's it's December, November. Jair Alexander. I made me thirsty thinking about it. What are you talking about? Jair Alexander acts like he has a cramp. Eagles are running tempo. He falls down. Training staff checks on him. He gets up, starts flipping the bird to the crowd. Hey, man, that sounds like they, they it may have been – Maybe he was trying to talk to somebody in the crowd because they said something. 
pathetic. What do you think about the Raiders and the Seahawks game? I think so. The Seahawks, one of their weaknesses is they don't have a good run defense. And my oh my, did the Raiders like the Seahawks will make the playoffs? They're going to win the division. But dog, if they have to go up against any team that, yeah, they'll win the division. Who's close to them? I don't think is anyone even like within a game of them. I think the the Niners are leading the division. Really? They are. Wow, I did not know that. Wow, San Francisco, low key. Okay, not bad. No respect. Yeah, it's a wrap. Seahawks story was cute. 49ers are here. So where are they in the NFC playoff standings? Hold on now. Top of the wild card. Yeah, you're probably right. Let's see. So my thing is, do, do you think the Raiders offensively, would you think the Raiders as a team are starting to get it together? Do you think this was, we shouldn't get used to this if we're watching the Las Vegas Raiders? It's a good sign. Like, I know whenever I know Raiders fans want the offense to run through Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, but that offense runs through Josh Jacobs. Like when Josh Jacobs is running the ball, the Raiders are a pretty good offense. Sometimes I feel like Josh McDaniels falls in love with the pass. He's like, I have Devontae Adams. I need to give him the ball, which you do, but I feel like you need to establish the run first, set up your play action, and then Devontae is a nasty enough route run to get open off of play action. I, 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 if I'm the Raiders, that's how I run my offense. I just know when I've watched them from time to time, it seems like it's pass, 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 three and out. Okay. I mean, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, you saw the, the Saints completely shut them down, and that Saints defense has not looked the same since they played the Raiders. So maybe the Raiders have started to figure it out. And, um, Speaking of the NFC South, the Saints are playing on Monday night, but they're playing against the Bucks. And the Bucks lost to the Browns in overtime. How come no one calling him? How come no one saying should Tom Brady uh, should Tom Brady shut it down? And maybe they should evaluate Blaine Gabbert. The the answer is in the question. Hmm? You, you try Why is it should Aaron Rodgers shut it down? Let's evaluate Jordan Love. Let me let me see. Blaine Gabbert is thirty three. Jordan Love is twenty four. That, no, yeah, we don't need it to Blaine Gabbert show. I'm good on that. All right. Well, tell me what what do you think is going on in Tampa? Why are the Bucks struggling the way they are? I don't know. They th- this week against the Browns, they started to establish the run. I know people have been saying that. Uh, Julio's starting to look. Chris Godwin seems to have recovered. Mike Evans has completely disappeared. I don't know where Mike Evans is in this offense. It's the defense. I feel like time I watch the Bucks, like someone is taking advantage of the defense and specifically. Um, what's the linebacker white 45? Like he used to, yeah, he was a legend. His name used to ring heavy in these streets. And I feel like teams are just like completely taking advantage of him. Do you think, uh, I mean, I, I know they had a few injuries. I, I don't, I know. I mean, I know they've had some injuries in the defensive end, but yeah, I'm with you. It's, uh, I think, man, I also think coaching wise, 
Todd Bowles, man, we need to maybe start looking into his. Is he really the coach we think he he, he is? Yeah. You know, you know, you have those coaches who are better off as maybe, you know, assistants. Not saying that it maybe is the case here, but I'm just saying. You just see, it just feels like coaching differences. Like in the fourth quarter, there was a chance if they were more aggressive, the Bucks probably could have won that game in, over, I mean, in regulation. But they kind of settled for going into overtime, and they, and they ended up playing out the way it did. I wonder you know, if that's what you think. Bruce Arians makes the same call with Tom Brady at quarterback. Um, I'm with you on that. Bruce Bruce Arians was a lot more aggressive. I think Bruce. Like you said, some people, some coaches are better as office coordinators and not head coaches. That's a lot of responsibility. Maybe Todd Bowles falls into that category, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't know. This Bucks team is really, and they and they're still in lead of the division, which is crazy. The Bucks, get, you know what? Because will be division is bad. But the Monday night game, the Week Thirteen Monday night game, Bucks and Saints is going to be a big one. Yo, these. Can someone save us from this purgatory of these primetime games? Like the Sunday night game was good, but the Sunday night game this week is Dallas, Indianapolis, and then the Monday night game is New Orleans and Tampa Bay. What's the? Th- I think the Thursday night game this week is Buffalo, and New, Buffalo and New England. You want to watch that? I don't want to watch any of those games. Hey, man. Bills have to be paid, is, is what is what they said, and games have to be played. Um, you know, they had a chance to flex out of the Cowboys and the Colts, but they, you know, listen, any chance you get to go see Jerry and, and that team? Yeah. I'd take it. I'd rather, I'd rather see Commanders and Giants on Sunday night football, Chargers, Raiders. Like there, there are a couple other games you could like grab. Three out of four, three out of the four, uh, three out of the last four Sunday night games for the Chargers, and that's not even like a big market. Now you got to it's a numbers game because eyes have yeah. to be on the product. I mean, you also got Chiefs Bengals. That's a rematch of the AFC Championship. You can't look. That's CBS. That's Tony Romo, Jim Nance. They not flex that. They got that one locked down. That's fair. I just. I don't. Know, these pro- I didn't watch a snap of the game last night. There's no. I, the only reason I was interested because you and I had people playing fantasy wise that we both needed to put up points to win. That's the only interest I had in the Indianapolis Colts. Well, the Fighting Jeff Saturdays. Man, that was a uh, what a shame of a game. Uh, on a college football, let's we can talk about fantasy wise later. Talk to me. Where are we at with college football? Uh, first, though. Gator J made the point that the Bills would play the other fifth seed right now and play the Chiefs in the divisional round. I could live with that. That would be fun. Uh, college football playoff. The teams were announced before we got on air. So rivalry, uh, rivalry week. I always have a problem with that. Uh, it lived up to the hype, especially Michigan, Ohio State, for those who watched the game, uh, and USC Notre Dame. That game was a lot of fun. It was. Um, but now the playoff picture, it's starting to come into picture. It's starting to get really clear. Um, where do you think the playoff picture stands heading into conference championship week, D? And for those who don't know, uh, Georgia's one, Michigan is two, TCU is three, USC is four, Ohio State is five, and Bama is six. D, yeah. what are your thoughts? 
Man. Um, you know, I think the top four was pretty evident. If, if you watch the games, you kind of knew Georgia was the clear number one. I think Michigan, Michigan fans, University of Michigan, uh, the state of Michigan, uh, 42 Doug, Big Sean, Babyface Ray, um, Detroit Pistons, Detroit Lions. I, I was wrong. I got I to gotta come in here and say I was wrong. And I apologize because I, I I didn't know your game. I didn't, wasn't familiar with your game. So I got to issue an apology because I was, hey, man, I came in here and said Ohio State was going to do this and Ohio State was going to do that. And, well, rent was due and Ohio State got evicted. Um, so Michigan. They though. Because right now they're five. Like if SC loses to Utah in the Big 12 championship game, there is a universe where Ohio State could sneak into the playoffs without being in the championship game. They're five right now. Yeah. You don't put them at five if you I don't think, think they can jump. jump but I game. think, see, then my question would be if you look at Ohio State and then you look at Alabama's resume, yeah, Alabama has two losses, but they're both on the road to – good teams and Ohio State was at home by a pretty large margin and then you yeah. saw what happened in that second half and how it maybe fell apart I mean yeah they have them at five because they lost to Michigan but I think if you evaluate let's just say um, you know uh, I just think I, I don't know the thing is maybe some SEC buys I know you know they have the advantage of only ha having one less loss but that was a pretty nasty loss Pretty nasty loss, but overall, I think top four. The top four makes sense, obviously. You know, what I'm yes. saying Michigan makes sense. TCU at at, <clears throat> at three makes sense. So Michigan and TCU, I think, would be a way better matchup for TCU. Um, really? And um, USC at four. Oh man, uh, Lincoln Riley is somewhere kicking himself because he says, "I just cannot escape. Uh, I just cannot escape an SEC opponent." first round and sir i'm gonna let you know you know yeah. never, never mind. Well, it's gonna get nasty like I, if you're if you're sc I don't, I don't know what you hope for i don't know how you jump tcu like if tcu loses maybe you're able to jump tcu and get michigan but do you want those michigan problems i mean michigan's a better matchup but yeah i don't want to play uga until i have to it's a problem it's a problem and Who does TCU play in the? In the they play, play uh, I think Kansas State. They do. They play Kansas State. In which oh. I think, uh, if for anyone who watched the first matchup, that was a pretty close game. Yeah, that was a pretty close game. So uh, should be should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be watching. You know, I've been pushing the TCU agenda hard, and it 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 continues to to live on and and well. They're sitting nice at. Number three, so you can see the committee respects their strength of schedule. They respect, you know, they respect the fact that, you know, maybe not all their wins have been sexy and by large margins, but they respect winning. And I think that's the most important thing. They respect winning. Tennessee. Do you know what's do you know what's funny about these new rankings? What? The committee has so little respect for Texas A and M that LSU LSU's laws drop them all the way to 14. LSU was like five or six last week, and then they let Texas A&M and the committee was like, no, you can't lose to Jimbo. 
Yeah, because they, they, they were looking at it like, look at the state of this program. This is a team that's been struggling offensively. They're likely going to part ways their offensive coordinator, and you guys still lost. What is going on in Baton Rouge? And, um, man, I also want to say Dabo, man. Dabo got Spencer Rattler looking like he was a the, what he was supposed to look like at Oklahoma. Yeah, it wasn't. Man, that was ugly. That was ugly, and I was I was pushing the Clemson agenda, uh, you know, pretty heavily. You know, thinking that you know they should have a chance. They're a one loss team. Well, I think they're going to win their conference championship this weekend versus uh, versus UNC. But whoo, man, that was a loss. I was just sitting there, just shaking my head because like. What is going on? That one in Ohio State, because it was just like, how do you let people come into your house and take your, your, your food like that? How do you let that happen? Dog. USC, if you have to play Georgia, Caleb Williams, do not paint your nails to say F-U-C-K Georgia. They will kill you. And that, I'm not speaking in hyperbole. Like, they'll murk you, dog. Like, they'll, they'll beat your ass. I mean, do you like they did Colt Brennan? Like, do you remember that Hawaii Georgia oh, game, the Sugar Bowl? I was pushing the Hawaii agenda real hard that year, and then he ran against Georgia, and I was like, oh, oh, they play football different than the SEC compared to the Caleb Wilder Williams game. gonna call Bo Nix, and Bo Nix gonna tell him, hey boy, they ain't, they ain't like that. You can't be doing that. You yeah, have to be an old fashioned way. Yes, sir. No, sir. Shout out, shout out to Bryce Young because he was a healthy receiver away from being dangerous. He was being dangerous, man. I was, man. Georgia looks good. Georgia looks good. Um, Michigan looks really impressive. I was really impressed in the way they were about. They were able to go on the road with composure, really handle a solid team. And man, Ryan Day, man, he he didn't play to win the game. He played not to lose, which is yeah. a shame. Because you don't do that against in a rivalry game because it's all emotion. Your team feeds off that. And they saw how he was coaching not to lose instead of coaching to win, which is important. Which is important. Ask uh, Brendan Brendan Staley with the importance of yeah. uh, of going for the win instead of playing to not lose. It's, it's big. I think that the funniest thing of all this is last year when Michigan beat them. Jim Harbaugh said some people on third base. I think they hit a triple, and then he came back this year and beat Ryan Day's ass in Ohio. Just he's he is officially a bully. Mm-hmm. I saw somewhere where someone said uh, Harbaugh officially has his old Stanford teams here at Michigan now, and I was like, oh, okay, that's a good way. Of, that's a good way of looking at it, man. I think uh, I think uh, Jim Harbaugh is really uh, showing that. You know, when he has his his guys and his recruits, I mean, his program can be something really, really serious like they were at, at Stanford. And, you know, maybe we should be talking how this is Jim, Jim Harbaugh's league and not Ryan Day. And maybe we need to figure out, you know, because I know Urban was sitting over there sick. He was like, man, this guy's messing up my legacy. What are we yeah. doing? Let me tell you something. Say what you want about Urban Meyer, and there's a lot to say, and we've said a lot about Urban Meyer. He would have won that game, Saturday. He would have won that game. I would say the same thing. He would have won 40 to 13. That would have been it. You heard you heard the fans out there cheering, uh, we want Urban. Oh. 
yeah, they was after the game at, at the little Fox set because you know he works on Fox now. They was they was chanting Urban, and I was sitting there like, "Yo, y'all, okay." Ooh. So who was really mad? That makes me wonder. But I digress. Let me ask you a question. Talk to me. This has kind of been sitting wrong with me. not wrong. I'm just very intrigued. So if those of you don't know, Luke Fickle was the head coach of Cincinnati. Now he has taken the head coaching job at Wisconsin. What is so appealing about the Wisconsin? Like Matt rules in Nebraska, that feels right. Something about fickle to Wisconsin doesn't feel right to me. Well, I think uh, Wisconsin has a really good history of developing uh, offensive linemen and running backs, which are key, especially in the trenches with offensive linemen. So uh, obviously with Luke Fickle and his history at Cincinnati, how he was able to turn, turn that around and, you look back at some of those defensive players from Cincinnati, what was it, last year, the year before, whichever year, I think it was last year. A lot of them are playing on NFL Sundays right now. They're playing a lot of good ball. Um, and obviously, they, you know, we had Desmond Ritter, uh, Alec Pierce. So on the offensive side, he's able to get good recruits, and he's obviously a good coach. I mean, he's able to take his team into college ball playoff last year as a group of five teams. So, um you know, I think Wisconsin's you know, Wisconsin's got a good, good, good coach, and they they just want to get back to their competitive ways because you know they. I think Wisconsin feels like um, no one on the Big Ten East should be or the Big Ten West should be rocking with them. Yeah, I was about to say I'm looking at the Big Ten West now. <laughs> I get it. Purdue, Illinois. Your biggest competition is Iowa. Nebraska. Although has, a, has made a real comeback with uh, Brett Bielma. Yeah, that's true. So your biggest competition will be Illinois, Iowa, and Nebraska because Matt Rule just took that job. Oh, I get it. So also, have- speaking of Illinois, um, Lovey Smith, man, you got about uh, you got about four, five, six more weeks, my brother, before you're putting in your resignation as well. I'm sure he's ready for that. You want to do some quick hitters? Talk to me with the quick hitters. Before we get into this fantasy talk, because that's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, we kind of... We kind of talked about Monday Night Football. Do you have anything to add about the Colts Steelers? Jeff Saturday, I understand why you didn't take those timeouts. I'm not going to. I don't think the. I think the world's going a little crazy, and you understand. Would I have taken those timeouts though? Yes. Yes. Uh, Gator J says, "Please explain to me how Hugh Freeze is a better coach and fit for Auburn than Cadillac Williams." Cadillac has earned that job. I know he's staying on the staff, but that's not right. Well, Gator J, um, a couple things. One, white privilege. Two, um, Hugh Freeze has a history of of success everywhere he's been at. And so the way they look at that. So I'm going to counter that with I don't think the Auburn job is as sexy as people think the Auburn job is. It is not. Here's the, here's the thing about the Auburn job. You see how they treated Gene Chizik after he like he won a national championship, had a couple of down years. Auburn thinks it's Alabama, but it's closer to Ole Miss, and that's the problem. The administration acts as if they're Alabama, but they're closer to Ole Miss. And that job, Hugh Freeze will be gone in four years. I promise you. He's going to go one and three again, Emma. And that's going to be it. 
Like the Auburn job is not sexy. I'm glad Cadillac didn't get that job because if he had gotten that job and he had lost to Alabama two or three years in a row, that will probably be it for his professional coaching career at a D1 level, especially at a Power 5 school in the SEC. I really hope Cadillac gets a job like the Cincinnati job, a job that's a great job that's not in the now Power 5 to kind of get his feet wet a UCF a job Tulane is uh I think Tulane's replacement is on staff Coastal Carroll like something like that where he can build up get his chops and then jump into a power five school at SEC or in the in the Pac-12 wherever I'm kind of glad Cadillac didn't get that job look I wish they at the group of five school because you know we see what Debo's do I'm not Debo uh Dion's doing down at Jackson State, although he's yeah. been getting some interest. I think he's going to stay at Jackson State. I mean, there's maybe there's something in really developing a program, getting numbers and numbers of picks um, that come through there, and you know maybe that's a selling point in, in recruiting as well. But for those, and I want to touch on this real quick, was this the best story in college football outside of? Um, Bobby Petrino having a brothel at Louisville and then old boy at Arkansas breaking his neck, riding his mistress around on the motorcycle. For the people that don't know, Hugh, Fee, Hugh Freeze was fired from Ole Miss because mm-hmm. he tried to defame the ex-head. Ole Miss got some NCAA violations for recruiting practice, giving money to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the old coach, they tried to blame on the old coach. Old coach said no sued them for defamation, asked for the phone records, and through that, they found out that Hugh Freeze was texting hoes, and by hoes, I mean prostitutes, not women, on a state-issued phone. He was trying to link up with the escorts with a state phone, and that is why Hugh Freeze ended up at Liberty. Greatest story in college ball outside of the previous two. I mean, that's that's real horny Hall of Fame-ness. I mean, like, that's like that's all time pretty. Like goodness gracious, Hugh. What did Charles Barkley say? If you don't commit <laughs> crimes, don't do them with checks and don't do them on government phones. Hello, we don't do it on the Work burner. Phones. D, does that also get a job back? Not, do not commit crimes with checks or text or text or sext or sext. That's the yes. Oh. D. Does yeah. Zach Wilson get his job back, or has Mike oh, White? Oh God, Zach, Zach, you need seat warmers because your ass is finna be cold on that bench. <laughs> I will say this, yo man, Zach he Wilson. Put that story about smashing somebody, mama. Though you know they're gonna listen to that. Go ahead, Zach. You're already in New York. Go ahead and start applying to those internships on Wall Street, my brother. The hedge mm-hmm. fund is calling your name. Mm. So my thing is, what were they seeing in practice with Mike White to just now really start giving him the full keys? So you know what's funny? I, I was on Instagram, and there's a clip from Rich Sherman in his podcast, and Richard Sherman kind of was talking about the politics of football and you know where you're selected, right? Like Mike, I think Mike White was a six-round pick, mm-hmm. something like that, and Zach Wilson was, what, number two, number three overall? Mm-hmm. And pretty much how Zach is going to get every single opportunity to, you know, to play and to prove that he's the guy, even though I'm sure in practice everyone sees that Mike White is a lot better than Zach. 
And once Zach lost the locker room, I think that was like if Zach still had the team behind him, I think he'd still be starting with this, you know, like when he goes to the podium, it was like, oh no, we ain't lose because of me. Like, dog, you threw for like 70 yards. No, it's you. Yeah, he might he might someone probably have to see something about him. Hit him with a little bit of straightening. But hey man, Mike White out here putting on the show. Now, how much do you chalk that up to the Bears not being good? We'll see next week, but I mean, the Bears have been on a roll recently. Granted, it was because of Justin Fields and his ability to be extremely dynamic. I'm looking forward to who do the Jets play this week? I think they have a big game this week. Jets me... play um, the Vikings. The Vikings. They play the Vikings in Minnesota on Sunday. Minnesota, that Minnesota. is a big game. Yep. Let's see. Let's see what Mike White does in Minnesota before we start talking. Yeah. Um, have you bought your ten jersey yet? Have you bought your Jordan Love jersey yet? It's about time, isn't it? Yeah, it's I feel like Aaron Rodgers is done for the year. No, I think um, he says he says if he's good to go, he's gonna he's gonna play. I, I think. Listen, I think when you're paying a man almost fifty million dollars to quarterback, he gonna quarterback that damn team. You ain't got yes. no about you ain't got no more evaluation to see till they say you cannot play. It's in that fifty million dollar man out there. Come on. So we do about Jordan Love though, right? Because after this year, you, after the yeah. season, you got to decide if you're going to pick up his his uh, fifth year option. They will. Okay, so we're just going to long play this. Mm-hmm. Do you trade Aaron in the off season? I wouldn't. So Unless you want to keep Aaron one more year. I mean, who's going to want to pay fifty million dollars for a quarterback? A uh, I bet you the New York Jets would do that deal in a heartbeat. No. Oh, I bet you the Raiders would do that deal in a heartbeat. I bet you the Falcons would do that deal in a heartbeat. Well, I mean, um, I guess we'll see, right? Like, I mean, there could be plenty of packages people could put together, but that's a really good player. So I don't know if there is a package that's worth a really good player like that. Speaking of good players, OBJ. Does he sign with Dallas? Does he sign with the Giants? Does he sign elsewhere? You heard it here first, people. I think OBJ becomes a Dallas Cowboy. Yes. That's the only thing that that's the only team that makes sense is Dallas. Does he actually make a difference though? He just tore his ACL in February. It hasn't been a full year. It's barely he's been said, nine months. Said he's been cleared to play. All right. Um, speaking of Dallas. Jerry Jones. Oh my! Was there no Jerry Jones this year? I believe the what newspaper outlet was it? The Post or was it the Times? Some national outlet received a picture of Jerry Jones attending. Uh, what do you want to call it? I don't want to call it a rally. It was during the integra- the the racial integration times of, of elementary schools in the deep South, i.e., Arkansas, in like the nineteen. 19- 50s or 60s and jerry is seen in a picture while a group of black students are being harassed and heckled as they try to enter school uh jerry essentially said i just wanted to see what was going on d that man is a he is a wild wild boy that's a wild that's a yeah he a wild boy he a wild boy for that one he a wild boy for that one um so this one, this one's hard because part of me is like, yo, Cherry Jones, how do you not know what the hell is going on here? Because like, what are you doing here? 
But then I'm like, well, while he's made comments on the kneeling before, I don't know if that was race implied or more business implied. So I don't know if if he's like a verified racist. Like you don't really hear a lot of his former players coming out and saying, nah, Jerry Jones this, Jerry Jones that. I think a lot of former players talk really well about him and they're always back at the games. Yeah. I think you hear the exact opposite. People love him, like his ex-players. I'm at the point in my life where there's absolutely nothing Jerry Jones can do that would surprise me. Like when I saw that photo, I was like, yep, that fits. I could totally see Jerry attending a desegregation. Yeah, I, also, I believe that was him, but I, do I believe he was there with the pitchforks talking about some, no, go back to your kind and your people. No, nah, I think Jerry Jones was probably trying to holler at a little something. Some hurts people yelling. Yeah, yeah, talk about it over here. And to He's be like, clear, oh. no one is saying Jerry Jones, there should be a price to pay for Jerry Jones attending. I would just love to hear there was there, not I was just seeing what was going on. I saw a bunch of angry white people marching toward the school yelling the N-word, and I was like, hmm, what's happening over here? Like, come on, dog. Like, We're not stupid. I mean, what do you want him to say? He was I feel like he was with a little honey, honey, and got lost. Someone oh, that, that, oh, he was like, "Yeah, me and this girl went out back to do a little thingy thing, and we came back, and all I saw was these people treating these Negroes yeah. like this." He said, "He said he ain't never heard so many ERs." <laughs> oh uh, my God! Um, let's see. Bam, this. Bam, Bam, in here now, but he did. I don't know if he heard my Michigan apology. I don't know if I'm doing it again. Yeah, for Bam is late. Of course he is. But D apologized to the state of Michigan earlier. So catch it on the replay because he ain't apologizing twice. You feel? D, Russell Westbrook went from professional basketball player to an MMA fighter. Boy. He was about to throw sands on Zach Collins after he made lead. Oh, man. So when I at first when I saw it, I didn't see that Russ was was bleeding. So I'm like, man, Russ, he really about to hurt somebody. Then I saw Russ' face, and I said, Nah, go back there and tell him to tell to tell his homeboy to y'all meet outside and let's get him, Russ. That's why I was that because I was like, What are you doing? Why he why are you coming down like that so hard? Pause. I don't like that. I don't Do like you? That. Do you remember SmackDown versus Raw? I forget what year it was, but certain wrestlers, if you made them bleed, they went into like a blind rage for like 45 seconds. That's what that reminded me of. Like he saw his blood and just turned into Kane from like SmackDown uh-huh. versus Raw 2009. Yeah. He was. Uh, yeah. That's and that's what happened in Detroit last year. What's the kid? LeBron made bleed. That was Pete. Stewart. Yeah. I was like, yo, bro, what do you think you about to do? What do that you man think? turned into Brock Lesnar. Man, he was breaking tackles, getting off blocks like I wish my defensive linemen were doing on the Packers. That's a tough scene. Um, the saddest story of the week. Oh, what's wrong with the Mavericks? They got a Western Conference hangover. Dog. I don't man. know, man. It's, it's rough. Listen, makes me wonder why I ain't paid Jalen Brunson that money he was asking. Man, you know what? It's kind of crazy. It's kind of wild. You need 
three people who can handle the rock, not just two. So you know what Mark Cuban said? Let me jump in my time machine and get Kimbo Walker. Dog, it's not 2013. What about Spencer Dinwiddie, though? He's the second, so Luke is your primary. Spencer's your secondary ball handler. But what happens when they go when they both go to the bench? Who's running the offense? Maybe you guys have a bench player who 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 leads the offense, but your primary scorer is still a mm. starter. Maybe Man, that's crazy. If only they had someone who could do that. Damn. I don't know, man. And then also, Bullock is not hitting his threes. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been in one of the worst shooting slumps, I think, in the history of mankind. Uh-huh. I don't know. This team, they always start off low, and then they find themselves at the end. I really wish they could just start a season with a good record so they don't have to, like, but see, that's, all gas. You're asking for too much there. Am I? Yeah. They said you got to come with the good and come with the bad. When when Luca leaves in four years, to go we'll where? Back, oh, the Lakers. Come on, man. We we know how this story plays out. Come on, man. Even go to no LA. We know what the Lakers do. The yeah, Lakers. I- the Lakers don't care about the draft. They make their money in free agency. You're crazy. He's not going to no LA Lakers. If Luca leaves, it's going to be LA or New York. I don't know why he want to go to the Knicks, but um, you ready to talk some fantasy? Uh fantasy. Oh man. Oh man. It is that time, is it not? Time for your commissioner notes. It's the best part of the show. People, it is time for our commissioner notes. Danny, do you want to start with our redraft or our dynasty league? Let's do dynasty. Let's let's switch it up. All right, we got we got Bam in here. We got Gator J in here. Um, I don't know if Kyle's in here, but I'll go through some of the notable reports. So, um, best team was say it not say it eight bend it like beckham jr 183 of those things and he played me it was the battle of the number one seed i lost it's unfortunate um bam was the worst team of the week scoring a big old whopping 123 total points so shout out to bam um a lot of points left on benches i'm seeing um Let's see, lowest points in a win was Gator J at 140. Biggest blowout was uh, my matchup, 183 to 127. Narrowest victory, Rojo Truther over Capone, 21. That was actually a good matchup, one by yeah. two points. Greg was the biggest overachiever. I was the biggest underachiever. Oh, wow. Um, Danny, I mean, overall, I mean... You know, in, in the two divisions, I'm in the American GM Conference. You're in the National GM Conference. Yep. And your division is, I mean, some teams have started pulling away. You got a nine and three team, an eight and four team, and then you're sitting there, third in your division at six and six. Yep. How you feeling, man? How you I feel like okay. You, you know, there's no more trade. So what you're going into is what you're going into into the draft. So yeah, um, the trade deadline was really. Fast and furious on my end. I got a lot of trade requests. I sent a couple of trades out to some people. Nothing happened. That's okay. We're going to stand pat at the end of the season. 
Uh, the trade deadline will be here. I will definitely have a premium pick first round fighting for the number one pick overall. Thanks to, let's see. Well, Bam can still make a push, but right now he and Kyle, they are fighting for the number one pick overall. And let me tell you something. If I get one or two, we're going big game hunting again. We're going big game hunting. Well, you know, if, if Bam doesn't make the playoffs, then you'll be picking anywhere from one to four. So you yes. have to four or two. And um, I guess I guess that might not bear – well, I guess it doesn't matter. Be, I got to – see, I'm just picking so late, and so I'm just kind of having to – Well, yeah, steady. I have your first-round pick, and I have my first-round pick because it looks like as of today it's going to be picks between one and four – six and eight and then like nine and ten right so i'm gonna have like every other i own 30 percent of the first round we can do some damage we can have some fun when do trades open back up is it as soon as the season ends um i imagine it's when this maybe uh i imagine it's when the league is reactivated probably okay for the draft that's fair so um Man, I don't know. In the American GM Conference, I'm sitting there at nine and three. Gator J is seven and five, so he's two games behind me. Um, I mean, me and Gator J actually end the season playing each other, so Gator yeah. J still has a chance technically to to win the division. I think uh, if I if I win, then uh, if I if I win one more game, then that kind of solidifies me there as the the division division winner. So we'll see and. Gator J might be a, a solid three seed. Yeah, I say shout out to Gator J. He's won three in a row. Gator's yeah. starting to hit his stride at the right time. He's peaking at a good time. He's getting some guys back healthy. Um, you know, he, he was trying he to make some noise. Too. You know, me and Gator J were, were in communications about a trade. Didn't ultimately pin out. But, you know. Yeah, I had. I had some some people were trying to, I don't want to say rip me off, but some people were asking a whole lot for, for certain players, and that's okay. We'll we'll revisit in the offseason. I really don't have a first-round pick. I got two two second-round picks, but I think I can make some work in the second round. Oh, yeah. I mean, but your team is like you're, you're in the contention for a championship, though. Yeah, which is the most important thing. What it's all about. So I'm I'm glad some of my players are starting to hit their stride in my redraft. I mean, in, in this dynasty league. Um Jonathan Taylor starting to find his way. Don't know what happened with Derrick Henry. We're just gonna call that one a chalk to the matchup. Yep. Uh um, luckily he plays the Eagles this week, so lots of time to get right. Man, you think he's on his way to do some, doing something special versus the Eagles? Um, I know it's on the road. It's in Philadelphia. I know the Eagles run defense isn't the best. Like you saw Aaron Jones was, was kind of Aaron Jones got good yardage for the most part. Every time he touched the rock, mm-hmm. I think Sunday's game against the Eagles is going to be a whole lot of Derrick Henry. Keep Jalen Hurts off the field limit. Same way the commanders played the Eagles, but instead of little, you know, quick slants for four yards, it's going to be Derrick Henry up to gut for four yards. Pause. Yes. Get me on to something, man. I don't know. So I got Tyreek Hill. Obviously, he, you know, he's always liable. And then Lamar and Mark Andrews. I'm just waiting on them. And 
I don't know, man. The, develop, the development of George Pickens might be something for me to keep an eye on. Um, yeah. So I drafted him, um, and so he, he may be turned into a true wide receiver, too. Him and Gabe Davis are fighting for my second wide receiver, my second wide receiver spot. So I almost reached out to you about George Pickens, but I know you and I have traded a lot. I don't want to give the illusion that we are colluding. No need for that. I, I'm a... Uh, I gave you a first round pick. I don't know what what more what more you could want from me, man. Oh, I was gonna make you a nice deal for George Pickens. I had my own Pickens. I was gonna make you an offer for three for Hill. Like I had my I had my eye on Hill. Hey, matter of fact, we and I'm thinking about how I'm gonna give him the supermax in the off season. I know that's why I didn't. I will say there were a lot of people who had certain players on the trade block, and then. When I go to do business with him about play on the trade block, they ask him for the farm. No, sir. If he's he's on the trade block for a reason. Yeah, that seems to be the way fantasy football works. Everyone wants to be on the winning side of every trade instead of the equal side of the trade. Uh you want to go to our redraft league? Live. Yeah, let's do very it. Interesting matchup. So Danny, it was the third time that we played each other across two yep. leagues. Uh, you had already won the season series. You were looking for the season sweep. What it quickly turned into a good old fashioned barn burner track meet. Yes. Josh Jacobs essentially won it for you. He did because I left Garrett Wilson on the bench. And Sunday before the Seahawks Raiders game, I felt real stupid. You were ahead by a lot. Like ESPN had like me. It was like a 77% chance you were going to win. And I felt real stupid because that was the difference. It was like a 25, 30-point difference. And that's what Garrett Wilson was at flirting with. I felt real stupid. And boy, did Josh Jacobs come and save my ass. Yes, he did. Sometimes it'd be like that. Yes, he did. Sometimes it'd just be like that. And honestly, when I look at this team of mine in this redraft league, this matchup explains my season in a nutshell you score 150 points and you still lose in regular ppr format and scoring it's just kind of as my team is the chargers i i mean yeah it's okay because you would you would have legit beat everybody else in the league everybody else and it wouldn't have been close yeah just be like that luckily though i still have a slot slight chance yeah to make the playoffs i need i need to win win out obviously and i need some help and i mean with matt the way some matchups are going it might be tough for some folks so then i have to win one more game before the division is locked up and then what am i 67 points away from being the scoring leader this has been a cross-country distance run the leader was ahead by what i think 120 150 at one point Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. I've, and, I've, and I've slowly been chipping away. We're within striking distance. For those of you who don't know, uh, in this redraft league, D has set it up beautifully so that uh, the division, the conference winner gets some money, highest score gets money on top of winning everything, and I believe second place also gets a little extra change. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gator J is asking if I'm going to have to pay the dues next year. No. Maybe. He will no. not. He's not. He's not. There's someone else whose team is a lot. D, like D said, D team is good. It just hasn't clicked. 
the person who will be paying the winner's dues just has a bad team. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's a chance I might come in last. I mean, we're literally the, that six seed is like a game, a game apart. I mean, six, the six seed is literally five and seven. I'm four and eight. It's, it's not good football being played. Uh, and I actually played the, the, the guy in last place this week. I already beat him one time. So he has to beat me. And, uh, but then again, it might come down to points for then if we split the season series and I'm, I'm ahead by over 140. So, um, Man. D, it's going to be okay. I, I have faith in you. The thing is, I, I have a lot of confidence that if I made it to the playoffs, I could go on a run. You could. You absolutely could. Because this is a yo. There's no reason why a team that has Justin Herbert, David Montgomery, Tony Pollard, Jettas. Keenan Allen, Patty Fryermuth, Chris Godwin, Olave, Jamal Williams, Christian Watson, Leonard Fournette. There's no reason why this team should be the record that it is. It's just weeks like last week happened, and you're just kind of sitting there like, yeah, I mean, I guess so. That's, that's literally what I was saying. Watching Pat Fryermuth play, and I'm sitting here like, yo, Pat Fryermuth, like, come on, dog. Like, at this point, it is what it is. And if we're being honest, I have three of the top five running backs and I have Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Josh Jacobs. You know, I really hope next year in this league people learn how to like properly draft versus versus like their dog position. Well, see, people come in in with like these draft strategies, and I'm like, okay, but that doesn't make any sense. I'll say this. When the league started, ESPN had me in last place because I drafted those three running backs. Because you also had AJ Brown. So the addition of getting his quarterback just kind of sets you over the edge of you should just be able to stack points. But I, I guess I, I guess one other thing is is that this I I strongly believe that uh after this week, I'm gonna I might be sitting pretty well across like all five of my leagues. So I have a ten and two team. I have a ten and two team, two nine and three teams, a six and six team, which is my work league, which I'm fighting to stay afloat. That team had Cooper Cup, had Rashad Bateman. Oof. I mean, it's it's rough. Had I don't, I don't, my best running back is Damian Pearson. That's it. But I had Cooper Cup and I had Tyreek Hill. Had uh, Rashad Bateman. I got Christian Kirk. Kyle Pitts, a lot of injuries on this team, but we're yeah. six and six. All we gotta do is make the playoffs. Yeah. And then my redraft league, which I still feel like is my best team on paper. We just gotta we just gotta make it to the offs. That's you all we got. Have faith in you. Six yeah. wins. Six wins makes the playoffs. I'm fairly confident. Yes. So and six wins might get you the the five seed too, because Buddy, who's the five seed's been, he's been on, uh, he's been on a little bit of a slide too, and he plays uh, the leader of the. Hold on, he either plays you or the leader of uh, of the other division. Uh, let me see. I know this week is going to be a bit of a tough matchup for me, but I know last I the wild card seeds played play the number one seeds in our redraft league. 
Okay. Yeah, so the guy you're talking about, I play him this week. And then the week after that, I play literally the second worst team. And I just need to win one. And the division is mine. And that's $50, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's looking, it's looking like I am mathematically eliminated from winning the division. So that'd be, this will be the first first time in the, the three years of the of the league that I did not win the division. It's okay. It's okay. Bam said he wants his apology. My brother in Christ, you have to go to the beginning. You have to re-listen, Bam. I apologize to multiple people and teams and institutions from the state of Michigan and the city of Detroit. The only thing I can do is tell you, Bam, I was wrong about the University of Michigan versus the Ohio State University. Uh, rent was due and Ohio State got evicted quickly and swiftly. Clemson, Ohio State, you can't let your rival come into your house, kick your shit in, and take your money <laughs> and leave. Uh, you think, the, folks think the, barbershop was, the folks in the barbershop was mad, mad disgusted watching Ohio State. They weren't even Ohio State fans. They were just like, like that? That's, a, that's what they were saying. You're going to lose like that? Oh, speaking of losing like that, last thing, last thing before we get out of here. The University of Oregon. I don't know how you lose football games like that. I don't know. Don't know. You had an opportunity to play USC, if I'm not mistaken, in the Pac-12 championship. And all you got to do is beat Oregon State. Can't even do it. Can't even do that. Bam, Bam says he actually wants an apology for me for, for me giving him some shit for benching Kamara when he had a whopping seven points. Okay. Listen, this is all I'm going to say to the folks in the Dynasty League. Back in September, I, I specifically noted that the playoffs were week 17 and 18. Specifically noted. No way two weeks before the playoffs, people ask me, why do we have the playoffs for week 17 and 18? That's hope. That is Don't, many that words, is and hilarious is not one of them, but that's the word I was getting ready to say because we are on FCC airwaves in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> Dog, that's been a thorn in your sight since yeah, that. Because I was like, guys, like, you, like, yo, like, relax. <laughs> like, can we at least let week 18 play? Like, did y'all watch week 18 last year? There were some real wars. That's why I'm, like, confused. Dog, it's, that was. Only me. one team gets a buy. Do, do people not realize what that means? That means, like, two. Like seeds two through seven is like straight up matchups. Oh my gosh. Here we go. This was the funniest shit ever. I'm sitting there, everyone's like, they're going to be resting resting their starters. And I was like, I went and looked at week 18 from last year. I was like, yo, God, nobody rested their starters last year. The Packers were the only team that quote unquote rested their starters. And Devontae Adams still got a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. So what? What do you want? What do you want? Oh. <laughs> These guys, yo, like, it was so funny. Like these, these, these people have to to like play to get paid. Like they have to play snaps. And then, have you guys seen the the level and brand of football that's being played? Like no one's even like a clear cut true number one seed, which makes me even like, oh my gosh, you you really the Giants are going to be shipping it in in week eighteen, dog? Nah, 
Look at the look at the roster and look at the record. They are in between hell and the promised land, which means they have to keep playing because they don't know which way to go. So Saquon is still going to start. Jesus. Bam said I was hoping someone would have asked. Bam extended. again. So again? bam, that was going to be me. But I didn't ask. That was gonna be me because I was working at I was behind like I was working with two teams to pull yeah, off a deal yeah. with the deadline pass. So here's my thing. I wasn't gonna ask that question. Here's my thing. Originally it was week week nine and yep. and then it got pushed to week twelve. In between yep. week nine and week twelve, no one was making trades. It's hilarious how we get into like the last day or so. Now everyone wants to push the button. All that tells me is that if we would have extended the trade deadline a, a week prior, everyone everyone would have waited another seven days to do the same thing. Yo, week twelve is the is the trade deadline. Get your damn trades in if you trade if you trade and if you're not going to trade, don't trade. Dog, we were. I was I was in the background like burning. I had no, trade three months. That's three. That's three months worth of trades though. You could have made. I know. That's why I didn't say anything. I didn't ask to extend. The, I was. I thought about it. I was like already annoyed from the week 17, 18. <laughs> Give them an inch, they want to take a mile. Give them, yo. And another thing, what if, what if, like week seventeen, you are down like 20, 30 points, or or even worse, what if you down like half a point to a point? You you was really gonna, you want to just take that L? Want to just take that L instead of having a whole nother week to drop straight bums on your bench that you was never starting? Grab some more bums from the waiver wire and play him if it really came to that dog like come on man that was i was like oh yo some of y'all don't want to win money or you scared of losing money but even if you were ahead you would still have a better week 17 18 and honestly i don't even know if i'm put up to a damn vote they playing the damn starters week 18 damn it and that's the bottom line because stone cold said so god damn it i'm with you gator no trade deadline let me trade. Well, that has to be because you don't want championship teams. That is, that is peak collusion. I could see that happening, but I was close to a couple of deals. I was close. And then I believe Greg fell off the face of the earth. And I'm going to say his name. Greg and I were working on a deal. We were talking. We we're ironing it out. And then he just fell off the face of the earth until the deadline. I don't think he was serious about trading trading with you then. I don't think he was serious about trading with you. Gator J, I think you kind of should have made that deal for Cooper Cup, but I understand why you didn't want to. And if I was a trade deadline, we will too. Week 12, get your trades in next year, people. Danny. Do you have anything else? If you make the championship game, be prepared to play week 17 and 18, and that's the damn bottom line. And have your team ready to play because my team will be. For those who may be on the audio adventure or re-watching the stream, as always, if you have questions for us, it doesn't even have to be sports related. It could be about your love life, what to buy your significant other for Christmas, um, how I make my smoked turkey, which was absolutely divine this year. Shoot us an email, speakonitpod14 at gmail.com. Again, that is speakonitpod14 at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, speakonit underscore pod. You can find me on this bird app at uh, dannyocean41. D, where can the folks find you? And can you give us a song 
to take us home. Of course, people, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch at Los D Mix. That is L O S D E E M I X. Uh, I'm gonna keep playing this 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 song that I started us out with because the name of the the title of the of the episode is Mike White on White Crime. So of course, I gotta come back. I gotta come back with that with that white and B. Shout out, shout out to the white soul out here. One Talk question to- before you before you play the song. When you, you gonna start uh going on Twitch again? Man, you know what? I've been thinking I'm thinking about starting to teach myself how to DJ and documenting the process on Twitch. But I gotta start getting I gotta get like the DJ equipment first. Okay. Probably thinks like I may I may need a new Mac too. Mm. And bam, with the disc, see, fellas, I'm going like OSU's national championship hopes. It is time to go. Five, so yeah, they can still get in if USC loses. Yeah. Well, I guess if y'all played them again, but I don't know if the, the outcome would be much different. Yo, can you imagine? And then we can go. Can you imagine if TCU and USC loses and Ohio State and Bama get in? Dog, they will burn this mother to the ground. Yo, know, I would probably laugh real tears because it's like, yo, it's just inevitable. Because it's like it's just inevitable. But like, nah, because TCU got to win because I want to keep my 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 agenda alive. Because Sonny Dykes might fuck around and do something crazy. That team's the type of team that might mess around and give like a Georgia a random a randomly Dog. good good game at national championship. I like, promise you. All they got all you I feel like all you gotta do is win the, the semifinal game, get some real momentum going, and then it's like okay, if Georgia's the team that comes out, then fuck it, we here then. UGA, Michigan, and TCU should be in regardless. There's no way you need to put in a two loss Bama team OT a one loss TCU. That should not happen. Three should be in because they would have one loss anyway. Those three, it's up to USC. I agree. I agree. All right, that's it. Now we're gone. Y'all, have a blessed week. We'll catch you next time. We'll catch you, people. Be easy, be breezy. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to spend it with us. Shout out to the white beetle, Mike White. This for you, baby. Y'all be easy.